Now, a closer look. A sleepy morning, we're out in the boondocks. Stars being told on the red. Today's segment is titled, Use Your Head, Listen to Your Heart. Remember what I said to do, and you must know this is true. I'll tell you what you find. When you check your mind, you gotta follow your heart. Follow your heart. And you just won't tear it apart. You gotta follow your heart. Follow your heart. The power of perception can be underrated because so often we use it subconsciously to receive, organize, and interpret information from our environment within which we live. Towards the end of the 19th century, a German physicist named Heinrich Rudolf Hertz, born in Hamburg, was recognized for his discovery of invisible waves, which are generated by electromagnetic interactions. During the late 1800s, this common unit of frequency for these electromagnetic waves, known as cycle per second, was named Hertz, in honor of physicist Heinrich Hertz. Today, the same unit of measurement for frequencies, the Hertz, is still used. Right about the same time that the Hertz was introduced, there was a Croatian-American physicist electrical and mechanical engineer, inventor, and visionary named Nikola Tesla, who also tried to explain how to understand the invisible things we can't see with our eyes, when he said this, If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Further define our perception of energy, frequency, and vibration, let's look at this vast range within the electromagnetic spectrum, for this gives us an idea of some of the different size waves or wavelengths of electromagnetic radiation. On the one side, we can note extremely high-frequency short waves, such as very harmful gamma radiation, followed by longer waves, such as X-rays, then longer waves to define visible light, and as the waves get longer in length, you finally arrive on the other side of the dial where there are less harmful radio waves, such as what you are using right now, to tune in to listen to this program on your FM radio. It has been said that the limit of the longest wavelength is the size of the universe itself. 
The beauty of having a reference, like the electromagnetic spectrum from which to work, can reveal to us an otherwise invisible universe of activity. Visible light, or simply said light, is that which the human eye can actually see. These waves in this reference scale from smaller to larger waves includes the visible colors which we can see unassisted with our naked eyes, starting with shorter wavelengths comprising the color violet through the rainbow of colors until we reach red. However, this visible light is only around 35 ten thousandths of a percentage of the electromagnetic spectrum on a linear scale. What the human eye can see is just a teeny tiny slice of what is actually going on. In essence, there seems to be much, much more going on in life than just what meets the eye. I don't even need a good reason to do this. Listen to me saying, everybody get up. same time as Hertz and Tesla lived the theoretical physicist born in the city of Ulm, Albert Einstein, who said, few are those who see with their own eyes and feel with their own hearts. It appears over the ages that poets, mystics, and in the more recent history, physicists have been trying to share with us the same message over and over again and again. Quoting Einstein once more, The most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and science. Here to help demystify some of this invisible energy is the founder of a Munich Institute and member of the International Society for Neurofeedback and Research, which uses special hardware and software to detect measure and record electrical activity in your brain using small, flat metal discs called electrodes, which are attached, of course, to your head. On the phone, I have Thomas Feiner, who's the managing director and the founder of the Institute for EEG Neurofeedback in Munich, also known by the acronym IFEN. What exactly is EEG? What does that stand for? EEG stands for electroencephalography. It's a technique that helps you measuring brain waves, brain activity shown by electrical potentials coming from the brain. The EEG consists out of a spectrum which goes 
from 1 hertz to 50 and 60 hertz. It's not only the alpha. We also look at beta waves, we look at theta waves, and we look at delta waves. But we need to know what is the healthy pattern there. And so we train those waves that help produce healthy patterns. When we measure brain waves, we can see the amplitude of a brain wave, and then we look for something that exceeds a certain threshold. When the threshold is exceeded, we give a signal to the brain of the person that helps to reinforce healthy patterns. So reinforcement is like you give a reward to someone who is doing something good. The brain is a dynamical system, so it produces higher and lower brain waves. We can give the person a reward when it produces more healthy brain waves. So your equipment and software that measures electromagnetic pulses in the brain, can it also measure electromagnetic energy from the heart? Electromagnetic energy from the heart cannot be directly measured with our equipment, but we can measure the heartbeats, for example, and we can read those heartbeats. We can differentiate between different healthy patterns, and now when the heart is doing a healthy pattern, we see it in a better spectrum of the brain waves. There's a correlation between heart and brain. Can you briefly discuss the connection between a healthy heart and a healthy brain? for example, or you feel it in your heart. You feel tightness in your chest, for example. You don't feel it in your brain. The brain cannot feel anything. You just feel it in the body and the center of where you experience your feelings, your emotions. It's around the place where your heart is. This connection is always there. It looks like that the brain looks for the heart and the heart communicates to the brain. Are there scientific studies which have been done to date which show that alpha neurofeedback can actually enhance the mood in healthy individuals? There are studies that show, for example, that alpha brainwave training helps with mood. It helps even with creativity. And there are studies that show that beta training helps with calming and relaxation. We know now what is a good and healthy pattern, and we know even what is a pattern of high level of well-being. Do you have any final thoughts on a healthy connection between heart and brain? My occupation with the brain has shown me that it is so important to take care of your brain, take care of your heart, doing things that you like, and be good to yourself and be good to others. It sounds like good advice. <laughs> Thomas, I thank you so very kindly for taking time and telling us about this. Thank bye you. Bye-bye. Bye. You're welcome. now speak with the European ambassador for the U.S. organization, which developed a step-by-step -step system two and a half decades ago for professionals and organizations to listen to and follow their hearts as a source of intelligence. 
On the phone, I have Robert Idbrink. He's the managing director and founder of Heart Alliance in Benelux. Hello, Robert. Are you there? Hello, Dan. Yes, I'm here. Why did you get involved with HeartMath Alliance? Originally, I'm an engineer. I was quite a cognitive person, and I started to work for a multinational Unilever. But at the same time, I also started doing transcendental meditation, yoga, gestalt. And during the years, I made more and more career up to the point that I was managing over a thousand people, factories. I even had a car with a driver. But in the weekend, I was trying to balance again with yoga and meditation. And there came a point that I was sitting in the car. I remember very vividly that I saw people sitting in a train and I thought, this is not my life. I want to be in the middle of the people and I don't want to do this anymore. And then I quit. Uh, relatively suddenly. My wife was totally shocked. Um, And then I joined a training company and they had just discovered the HeartMed Institute in the US. And what struck me about that is that they were looking into the physiology of stress. So what really happens and what really works against stress. And being an engineer, what I loved about it was that it combined some of the techniques I knew from yoga and meditation and the technical, the research part, the cognitive part, which I'm used from the business side. And initially I thought, wow, this is my Trojan horse. With this, I can bring also soft techniques into companies, but because my mission is to bring heart into the business, But I found out that it's much more than that. It's not just making the soft less visible, but it's really a system helping people to really connect with their heart on a deep level and also enable them to live according to their heart. So that is basically how I came to HeartMed. And I started my own training company relatively quickly and kind of stayed with HeartMed as a hobby. And then in 2003, I thought, oh, we need to go here in Holland. We need to bring HeartMed to the people. We need to make it bigger. And I asked HeartMed, can I start HeartMed Netherlands? And then I just started with a website. And then in 2006, I think, I started Benelux. In 2008, we started working in Germany, giving trainings. Great. What is your goal with the technology and the techniques? that HeartMath offers? At the end is to make people more happy and vital. For me, it's important to bring hearts into the business. I see nowadays so many people who are stuck in their golden cage. They are working, they are working hard, they are surviving, often at a cost for themselves, for their relationship. Some people hardly have friends anymore. And we think that by giving people this kind of tools, it enables them to become more heart-based, more happy. But we also think society will be more heart-based and more happy. How do you set out to accomplish this? It's varied. Many people come to us. So it's not that we have a huge marketing budget or something like that. What we found out is if people get to know our techniques and technology, they like it and they tell other people about it. 
And sometimes we are approached, like in the Netherlands, we have a very large project at this moment. We are training every police officer in the Netherlands. And that has been going on for three years now. So by the end of this year, we'll have trained 30,000 Dutch police officers with this kind of tools and techniques. It's not directly about happiness, but it is more how can you perform under pressure, very, very high-stress situations, how can you stay focused? And what I never realized is how tough the job of a police officer is because they get both the normal stresses like reorganizations, but also on the street, they have sometimes difficult times. They have revenge by criminals. They can never do it right. They use too much force or not enough force. And that's the reason we were asked to join. There's a lot of research available on use of heart med techniques. It's been researched for people with congestive heart failure, where it was found out that there's functional improvements after using the techniques. It's been tested with asthma, high blood pressure, depression. There are several pathologies where it's used, but also you can use it as a preventive for healthy individuals or people at risk. I think if you look very philosophical at what we do, at the end, it's that we help people to reconnect with their hearts. And that means that I think in this society, there's many people who live more and more from the brain, that they take decisions on what they think they should do, what kind of job they think they should do. And they sometimes ignore the voice from the heart. And this kind of techniques help to reconnect what do I need to be happy? What do I need to be healthy? And it helps people also to get the courage to do something about it at the end. If you are in a very, very busy life, the first, I think, and most important thing to do, but also not easy, is to see if you can slow down. Often we speed up more and more and more, and the solution is in the slowing down. Our techniques help in that, but if you don't have access to those techniques, it's just important to find ways to slow down, to walk alone, to connect to yourself, and that's the only way to find out what you need to have a happy life. Robert, on behalf of our listeners, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're welcome, Dan. Let's go now to the south of sunny Florida to speak with a retired medical doctor who created the Heart Smiling Trainings and Seminars. On the phone, I have a medical doctor, retired, who some years ago decided to start a very special training program called Heart Smiling. Her name is Dr. Natalie Campo. Natalie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you, Dan? Today, our program is titled, Use Your Head, Listen to Your Heart. You're a retired Canadian medical doctor who practiced medicine in Canada for 20 years, and then you retired 
to live in South Florida, giving lectures and trainings on heart smiling. Can you tell me a little bit about that? It started when I was practicing medicine. There was a phrase that I heard over and over, and that phrase was, Doctor, I don't have any energy. Please do something about it. So when I decided not to practice medicine, I went on a quest to help people have more energy. And I found, <laughs> I found that the heart is the organ of the body that has most energy, at least 50 times more than the brain. The heart produces electricity, and okay. this electricity can be measured, and this is what we do with the EKG, but it's way more powerful than the brain, and we can use that energy. I understand that you were at a Brazilian retreat sometime in 2003, and some sort of an epiphany happened to you. Yes. I was meditating, and all of a sudden it came to me, the idea of smiling from your heart. The impression I had, it was the message I got, it was, wow, you just smile with your heart, and it changes everything. I also got the idea that a smile is universal. Anybody can smile. Any age, any country, any language, any culture, everybody gets a smile. And then when I came back to Florida, I decided to write the book, The Energizing Heart, around the theme of using your heart to improve your own life, but also impact the people you see every day. It's both something that the person who smiles benefits, but also it affects everybody around that person. So it's wonderful. How many steps are there to this heart-smiling process? It's very easy, very simple. Sometimes it's so simple that people tell me, ah, that's too easy, and they don't even try. <laughs> so the first step is you just stop what you're doing and decide that you want to change your energy. Step one, you decide you want to change your energy, you center around your heart. Step two, you feel that those emotions. And step three, you allow a smile to just come up to your lips. And it changes everything. I describe in my book, there's four levels of practice of heart smiling. The first level is you practice when you're alone and there's no problem. You feel okay and you just practice, let's say, every hour to trigger a heart smile just at will like that. You learn just to trigger your heart smile and to feel also in your body how it makes you feel better, not only calmer, but more energized. Level two is you practice by yourself again, but something happened. You had a phone call, something happened, and you don't like the emotional state you're in. So level two is you practice when something happened and you want to change your emotion, but you're still by yourself. Three and four, you practice with other people. So step three is you're doing a conversation or before a meeting or you're around other people, and you trigger a heart smile, even though there's no problem. Everything is going okay, but you just think about it and practice a heart smile just to change your own energy and change your interaction with other people. Step four, which is the most difficult one, is you learn to change your energy while you're talking with somebody, and there's a problem. You're talking with somebody, you're having an argument, or you say, oh, she or he never gets me, or he never understands me. So when you are having an argument, you have to choose to say, I call that drop the rope. You have to say, I don't want to play that anymore. It takes too much of my energy. When I want to be right or I want to prove my point, this is not leading anywhere and I want to stop that. So you stop in your head. You don't have to tell the other person, but in your head, 
you drop the rope, you stop arguing, and you center yourself around your heart, you find something to be appreciative or grateful or joyful about, and it changes your own energy. And the other person gets it, even though it's not logical, they don't often get it through their mind, but they get the signal that you are not playing anymore. Changing your perception of the situation and going into your heart, does it also change from a medical doctor's perspective, physiologically, what's going on in the body? Yes. Is it, there's something called cardiac yes. coherence? Okay. Cardiac coherence is a physiological state. It happens because the hormones of your heart are different. The heart is much more than a pump. It also has lots of nervous tissue. It has its own intelligence, its own memory, its own way of reacting to things. A good synchronization between your heart and your brain, this is what we call cardiac coherence. And at the level of the electrocardiogram, this is how it shows up. When you do the electrocardiogram, you see some spikes from your heart. Mm -hmm. And then if you do at the same time an electroencephalogram, you will realize that the electrical activity of the heart will entrain the electrical activity of the brain and they will spike together. So this is how it shown the physiological level that the heart really has the capacity to influence and calm and make your brain more productive. It goes even further than that. HeartMath has done wonderful studies that show that you can also do that with another person. If there's a person in front of you and you are in a state of cardiac coherence, and if you take also the EKG and the EEG of the other person, they all spike together. So when I'm in a state of cardiac coherence, I influence your heartbeat and your brain electrical activity, even though you're not aware of it. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing. Do you have any final comments of inspiration for our listeners? Well, in these times of transition and enormous change, it's very easy to get caught in the chaos and to go crazy. <laughs> so the only way out is the way in. And the way in is to center yourself around your heart. You need your heart, especially the heart of a child almost. See life as oh, this is fun, <laughs> this is a game, and really appreciate, feel the joy of a child, and this transition is going to be fun and easy. When you describe this to us, you have the voice of a playful child. <laughs> yes. Natalie, yes. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> it was a pleasure. I thank you, too. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Whatever you're in right now Remember, you look so much better when you smile. Come on. I almost gave up.
We've all heard the saying, follow your heart. But what does this actually mean? Is it really possible for our heart to speak to us? After all, a voice actually is simply the vibration of energy. It appears that our hearts also send electromagnetic vibrations into our atmosphere. Our brains tell us what we know, then compares that with what we don't know to make decisions many times to avoid the unknown. Our hearts, on the other hand, somehow intuitively know that which we can't really know about what the future holds, and it's our hearts that can give us the assurance that we really don't need to know everything to make our next move. You gotta follow your heart Show me the way Who knows the way This is the only road to go Life brings me down Life takes me up And only, only heaven knows This is the time for yourself to be free You gotta When we listen to our heart, we become guided to our next move, perhaps with a slight nudge in a particular direction, or we realize how we have a certain longing or feeling towards something or somebody, or we read or see signs along the way on our journey through life. One thing is for sure, people who are living their passions are those, many times the minority, who are listening to and following the yearnings from their hearts. So, slow just might be better for listening to our hearts. The messages we've heard today are, slow down, listen to your heart, and live, fully live life. On behalf of the folks here at Radio Laura, why don't you stop, look, and listen to your heart and hear what it's saying? To stop, look, listen to your heart, hear what it's saying. Stop, look, listen to your heart, hear what it's saying. Yeah.